0: So he did. He watched 2001: Space Odyssey recently, and I had forgotten. Um, do you? Yeah. How much do you remember about the movie? All of it?
1: Uh, no, not enough. In fact, I saw it on the crawl on HBO Max this past week, and I thought, hmm. But I wasn't I watched, in the proper but... mood. I, you know, you have to be in the right place. So, uh, yeah. I, there's, oh
0: yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's long, and you got to lock in. There's no. There's enough. Yeah. Like
1: I, I, I know. I remember the basics, but. I mean, really, this was one of those undergrad college experiences that I enjoyed it, but that's now so long ago that, um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I don't remember all the ins, the outs, and what have yous.
0: I think I'm going to end up doing that with a lot of films that I that kind of shaped my view on film and art and music and acting and writing and, you know, like the things that influenced you when you were, I don't know, getting into it, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, and then on into college, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, Changes, like- you know, you get, you start wanting to be challenged yeah. um, by film. Uh, Bryce said, um, so he's still not at a place where if they dive deep into the abstract, that he'll, I mean, he gets it. He can read between the lines. He's bright, but he doesn't always like it. Like, he cannot stand, and this is funny. I don't know if he gets this from me but like i don't suspend my disbelief very well for the star wars films and mm-hmm. i think it's a prerequisite yeah so you you have to be able to do that but there are other films that quite frankly are more preposterous than star wars that i do Suspend by disbelief.
1: Yeah. Me. I don't know what that is. But it's it's all about the chin check in the beginning. If you're willing to take it, then you could go anywhere that they want to go. Like, you know, Star Wars, it's doing very well right now with the, the latest series that's on, and I won't bore you with those details. I love it. But it's getting into more existential stuff. You know, right. they, they right. finally have decided that, you know, uh, toddler themes and little funny droids falling over is not enough. Right. And so when you talk about the nature of existence... Like, that's no, fun. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There, I, there have been things in that, uh, that, that expansion, uh, the expansion of that series and the themes within it that I have enjoyed. I, I'm yeah. not saying that there aren't times. I mean, some of it we have fun with on the air when we do the show, and I make fun of all those kinds of shows. But the truth is, there, there have been quality uh, extensions of that series that I've enjoyed. I don't, it's not my thing. I don't fall in love with it, but I can, I, I really like when they ask these kinds of questions. But at the end of 2001 Space Odyssey, I had forgotten, and I'm not going to ruin it for you, but it ends abruptly and it is, it it, it it completely goes away from what you have just been locked into for two hours. Right. And suddenly, it's launched into uh, the abstract, and you've got to you've got to try to figure out what Stanley Kubrick is trying to do or what he's trying to say. And of course, Stanley himself famously never really wanted to tell anybody about that and wouldn't talk about it very often. Now, I went back and looked to see did he ever give an interview about that ending. If you'll recall, an aspect of that ending is we're in space, and the next thing you know, we're in a freaking living room from the 1800s with uh, a weird design in England or something. It's right. like it goes right. It goes, all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, all right now, and so you're left to speculate everything. Um, And I said to him that I thought it 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 meant in some ways. That we're like in a, a zoo-like enclosure,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: That there, that that we are being watched in the same way that we're observing the universe. It's observing us.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or and, or we are a uh, South Park did something with this where they could do it in a funnier way, but you know we're somebody else's reality television show. You
0: know? correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Which, if that's the case, if if Kubrick was going down that road it's really phenomenal to think about when he did that yeah i mean you know none of that stuff existed and so yeah it's pretty profound and i said link it back bryce to the very beginning like he had no problem with the monkeys at the beginning finding um you know the so when he's pounding the bones yeah and then then it it, those bones ricochet in slow motion and become the ship yeah like he had no problem with any of that because he realized, okay, so that's the dawn of of right. human
1: existence. Yeah, you're talking about evolution at that point, and right, know, yes, time passing. Yeah.
0: Well, the use of tools, right? So it's like th- this. This is the beginning. Yeah. Um. And so I said, okay, well, now how does he close it out? I said, it's you know, it's not, it's not dissimilar to having an absurd beginning where you're watching these apes, um. And then all of a sudden you're in a spaceship. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like
1: this is where sometimes I wonder if if the artist themselves is intending for profound things or if they just decided to be absurd and then people draw profound conclusions from something that's, you know, wasn't intended to be on that level. It wasn't supposed to be that deep. Like, for example, you're talking about buying into something with uh, as yeah. a movie and suspending disbelief. I, I find the same thing when I go to a museum and I look at art. You know, did somebody just take a reed, soak it in paint, and then splash the hell out of a canvas, and they say that that's art? Or was there intent behind it? You know, because sometimes I look at it and I say, that's just a bunch of dots on a friggin' canvas, and everybody is, like, falling on their knees. And I feel like I'm watching... Uh, for-profit uh you know church programming the 700 right. club or whatever yeah. um and i'm like i don't think you get i think you're just doing this to be a part of the crowd man like, I, I don't think you're feeling this i can't know this but i don't think you're feeling these purple dots on the page as something yeah. that's telling you about the greater nature of our of how we've come to be i think well, i think you just want to hang out with that artist because he sips espresso and sticks his pinky out you know
0: Oh, I think that's something that's been made fun of for years and rightfully so. I also think sometimes, and I have thought that too, Tom, but at the same time, years later, when I learned about the math and the apps and all the different, so the, not pointillism, not pointillism.
1: I'm talking like, you know, this abstract stuff where you're like, man, you didn't even try. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I know you never know. I mean, you know, that's you never really know. But it is funny the kind of stuff that takes off and then all of a sudden it becomes a thing to be into because you got to be part of the in crowd and you're in Manhattan and, you know, you're going to this That's what I'm saying. It's and
1: about that. status. It's not necessarily yeah. about the art. Now, don't get me wrong. You look at a Monet, you understand that something had just happened here. Something well, I amazing. Can
0: even look at Pollock. I can even look at Jackson Pollock and see something that I'm like, yeah. this one, I feel. Some of these others, mm, looks like a lot of splashing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you got in a food fight with
1: your wife and you decided <laughs> to get paint involved and maybe it got like strange on a Friday night. You're like, we should sell this for $50 million,
0: you know? So the thing is, they find the weird not the monolith the, the weird in 2001 at the, the beginning you they find the um artifact and then that send and then they fast forward and then they're they're sending them to uh is it Jupiter um they're sending them uh, or to Saturn wherever they're sending him um because they 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 think there's a connection there too so there's a through line from the beginning because the monkey finds it at first yes. so that is telling you that there's something else and it's yeah. almost like it's being monitored. What I liked though, to put a ribbon on this, is that Bryce noted, and it's a, it was my first observation too, and I think anybody that watches the film, there are extremely long series of uh, stretches of time in that film in which not a single word is spoken. Mm, it's delightful. It's amazing. Like, think about, I mean, that is ball- ballsy. That movie came out in 1968. Yeah, yeah. He he th- He's willing to put on film a stretch of like 30 minutes where nobody says a goddamn word. Mm-hmm. Not one word. Just you're watching, you're just observing, which is kind of what I think that is. Right. The whole thing. Yeah, a giant observation.
1: Oh, he would have been thrilled with the Sims, you know, as a, as a video game. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's trying to get at. Oh, the
0: Sims just mutter gibberish. <laughs> so, I I used to love that game, and then it got weird because you could get a Sims that got was dirty. And yeah, no, dead. yeah, and all was, that weird stuff. And, um,
1: and, and you know what? And that was in my um, preteen and teen years, and so my friends really enjoyed that game for those purposes. I'm like, man, you're gonna be. A strange yeah. cat, you know, because this, this, these are your formative as the Sims. Like nah, the man. Sims, what are we doing? What are we doing, dudes? Yeah, they. St- yeah.
0: I think they still make the Sims. I think. Oh, like, I'm you sure can, they do. Yeah, I think you could make it really fun now. Like if you wanted to, you could make it really fun. I've always loved games where you get to be God. Yeah. Um, I love that. Well, like, you love are- Sim
1: City because you would you would bring you know. Uh, disasters natural and otherwise Oh, that was yeah. the
0: best ever. Oh, I loved it. I would Oh, yeah, I'd rain down death upon thee. I was I yeah, would, yeah absolutely. No, the, I want to see the, how people react when I explode some massive volcano. The problem
1: is that you know, I think virtual reality stuff, like you know the goggles and the mm-hmm. game systems, it it like had a little surge a couple of years ago and then it went away. Mm-hmm. It's coming back and like The Sims is going to be one of those things. And, you know, these, these movies and these shows where you show people that are just living in the virtual world, that's not that far away. That we already do with social media. I think the next iteration of that is when they just put the glasses or the goggles on and then they just stay there for days and days at a time.
0: Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a great song about that. Um, and in which Taylor Swift is referenced. Um, mm. and Father John Misty. Uh, and he he mentions about the ocular whatever that they that they find these dead people in, in the house. They've never moved.
1: Yeah. yeah. Just,
0: they've lived this whole life.
1: That, uh, well, that's one of the twists in WALL-E.
0: Oculus Rift is something like that he calls it. You ever
1: see the animated movie WALL-E?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, it's delightful, yeah. that movie. Yeah, you talk is. about, you know, not saying a word for, you know, minutes and minutes at a time. Just the score is beautiful, but then it's just a bunch of fat people on a cruise ship trying yeah. to go from one... <laughs> <laughs> they, you know they destroyed a planet there's
0: trash everywhere they're trying to go to
1: a new place it's,
0: kind of, it's sad even yeah
1: oh it's it's terribly sad yeah yeah, yeah. you know the people are sad they're, they're the the figures where you just go you losers and then Wally and Eve are like the beings that you aspire to be you right. aspire to be yeah. non-living beings over fat people that are just stuck in a cruise ship which
0: boy. As somebody who's not big on cruises, that's. Uh... I am not big on cruises. It's uh, you got the cattle all being herded yeah. one way, then you herded over here, then you heard it. Now, I understand there are high end cruises where that is not the case. Right. And it, it does you take were... you
1: to amazing places you would never be yeah. able to see. Like I would think an Alaskan cruise. My dad did
0: a lengthy Alaskan cruise and he was gone for like a month and a half and they flew via helicopter onto glaciers. And yeah. I mean, like really cool stuff agreed and i think to some degree whenever i see those viking cruises commercial i mm-hmm. think well I, I could do a viking cruise now that looks all right
1: oh yeah uh i had a family member just do that go through croatia you know yes, so like which
0: they say is stunningly beautiful yes
1: yes but i'm, I'm talking about your uh, carnival taking you to the bahamas and then you go oh, the to on the private island to go to a water park plenty of water parks in florida if you're going to take me to the tropics take me drop me there And leave me for a week. I don't need to be on a boat. I I could be in my private beach. Thank you very much.
0: Hey, you know, by the way, so this will make you laugh. You just mentioned uh, we were talking about cruising. We are talking about my dad went to Glacier National Park. I mean, uh, he went to uh, Alaska and landed on a glacier. I went to Glacier National Park. What what am I talking about? Uh, So the whole reason I bring this up, this came up the other day. So in Bryce's AP history class, they have to do a lot of writing. AP and world or. us AT, AP world ooh, and, ooh, okay and, and he, he loves it it's his favorite class it's uh, yeah. his first period of the day and he freaking loves it his teacher at Leon is a sweetheart she's
1: awesome That's a great way to start the day history is tough if it's in your final couple of periods but you when tired yeah. yeah yeah like you know math could yeah. be at the end of the day I almost feel like but history you yeah. got to come out swinging early in the day I like that.
0: She's got high energy. She's really smart. It's uh, it, it's it's good stuff. And plus, he's fascinated by the subject. But kids these days don't write, no. so their God, hands no. get extremely tired, it, it, it <laughs> fatigued very early on. Feeble. And he, what? Feeble. Yeah, it's pitiful. So I was talking to him about that because he was complaining about all the writing they have to do. These like, and 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 I said, "Oh, son. I mean, come on now. You you think you're going to get any?" Sympathy from your father. I grew up in a world where there were no computers. We wrote yeah. everything. Yep. And so I said, you don't even come to me with this. this, this I don't want to hear it. I understand you've been crippled by technology. You guys can't you know, stand for 20 minutes by yourself anymore because you're addicted to electronics. You can't write anymore. Your hands are too weak to handle it. I get all this. I'm having <laughs> fun with him. I, you know, And I'm talking about technology and all that. And uh, I said, but one thing I do miss, and I brought this up, is penmanship and the ability to read and write cursive and so i value that my father has the greatest penmanship you have ever seen yeah. it is and now it is vastly superior to mine i i his penmanship is it should be studied it's so beautiful and i asked him one time dad you even have the slant down. Like, remember, mm-hmm. yep. I don't know if you're old enough to remember when they first taught you cursive that you had to write at a slant.
1: Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, they, yes. I still am in the cursive era. And even, you know. You're the high, last
0: of the cursive era, aren't you?
1: Yes. And in high, second grade. And then in high school. And I, my dad called it script. My dad. He's like, it's not cursive. Yeah. It's called script. Well, and uh, I was in, in high school. We had flip phones where if you yeah. texted, you got to dial one through nine. Uh, And then tap it. It's like Morse code. And and we didn't have laptops, really. I mean, you had to be really rich. You you would get a laptop with college, and that was it. So, like, essays were always – we never typed out things in class. You didn't go to a computer lab for a class. You wrote shit, you know. And I I could still feel the callus on my middle finger on my right hand from all of the writing that we would do.
0: So, I have that, and – most of the time when I make fun of the advancements that I was referring to a moment ago, Bryce is like, come on, old man. But then I said, no, I actually believe I read something not long ago that talked about the importance of cursive. And um, a couple of things to note on that, since he loves history, I said, son, when we went to the Smithsonian, they had writings there from Jefferson to Adams and those are all in cursive, Yeah. and I'm yeah. looking at the original documents, and I can read them. I don't need it translated. I'm reading them. I'm looking at these documents. And I said, oh, by the way, that is how people communicated for a very, very long time. So then I went and looked it up to see, are there any, I knew there'd be advocates, but I wondered, like, is there anything directly to it? Like, I get the historians will tell you, you need to learn how to read cursive, so that you can you know research and read the materials <laughs> okay. that you're uncovering. So is there like a cursive appreciation society? <laughs> there is. Um, so there's a there's a national handwriting association. Tom. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, and and by the way, uh, there are, uh, for lack of a better term, calligraphy ambassadors. Tom. Uh, uh,
1: yeah. Okay. okay. So d- did you decide to pay dues and, and join?
0: I'm not going to join a calligraphy <laughs> ambassador group, but I would tell you that. Uh, the best part of my research pointed out that occupational therapists and psychiatrists will talk about the development of hand, eye coordination, cognitive development, fine motor skills and other aspects of learning how to write cursive at an early age. And they went on to talk about, um, that you can direct directly link those who can read and write cursive to a higher level of education. It's, it's fascinating. So,
1: well, yes, uh, of course you can because it's almost like learning another language. And and that's where – that's the closest thing we got in this country to learning another language. Like I, I took right. as many Spanish courses as the next guy. It's too late. You've got to start so start much earlier. Yeah. And this is where we had exchange students from anywhere in the in the world. But even – let's call it Central Europe. We had a bunch in my high school. 700 kids, but we had like 15 to 20 exchange, exchange students and they could all speak five languages. Of and, course, and it's embarrassing. We're just dumbasses compared to them. We're, we're floundering in Spanish too. And they're like, yeah. what the hell's wrong with you? I know six languages. I could do it right yeah. now. And you would well, at the lunch table and you test them and like, bam,
0: bam, bam. Oh, Golly. in fairness, though, well, that is true. And I envy it. And it bothers me that you go to most anywhere else in the world and they can at least speak two languages. Right. The fact is, English is the most spoken language. So it's sort of, I understand it. we won.
1: Right, yes. <laughs>
0: that's how it works. Yeah, well, I mean,
1: it's, it, it's twofold. Yeah, it's the Brits before us and then right. us. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So that's kind of how that works. Yeah, that's um, the
1: unsheathing. It's like, well, I don't need to learn another one. You do. Yeah, yeah that's kind of what happened. And that's right. how the conversation would go. But still, don't you envy it? I do. I wish I could
0: oh, speak Oh, completely. Something. I would love to speak French. I'd love to speak Ooh. German. I'd love to speak Spanish. I'd love to speak Italian. There we go. Yeah, I'll pass on the French. Give me, give me a double dose of Italian. Oh, I love French and I love Italian. I love both. Um, love languages are great. I would love to be able to learn all of them. I, I you know, hell, I really wish I could speak Spanish. Um, I would love
1: to be able to speak Latin because I want people, I would walk around before the games with the people that have the signs and the bullhorns and I just speak mm. Latin and
0: yeah. they would
1: think I'm speaking in tongues. It would be amazing.
0: I took Latin, Mr. Pete, at Lakewood High School. I had Mr. <laughs> Pete. I believe Mr. Pete passed away recently, and I was sad to hear that. I hadn't seen Mr. Pete since I graduated high school, but Mr. Pete—that's what we I would had, call
1: our Scotch. We would just—we would call our Scotch Mr. Pete.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we should. Now, here's for Mr. Pete. Drink up. He took me. I remember one time, Mr. Pete took the class, the Latin class, to um, sort of an independent film in downtown St. Pete. It was this. Uh, it was an outdoor venue. Uh, It doesn't exist anymore, but at that time, St. Pete was not nice. Downtown St. Pete was really not nice, and I think some parents were a little perturbed that he took us as a class to downtown St. Pete to this independent film, and the thing is, the independent film was disturbing. Uh, In the film, a baby's killed. Like, it was really, the whole thing, yeah, no, the whole thing was really weird. I remember being freaked out by it, and in retrospect, I remember thinking, you know, Mr. Pete, that was, probably not a good idea <laughs> <laughs> but he was really as you might expect being a latin teacher um he was a little quirky He was a yeah. little quirky and uh but i did a pre, uh, like years later i remember thinking okay well you know he certainly was exposing us to new things there's no doubt about that i yeah. mean it it probably opened my mind
1: um <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah mr pete was at happy hour, uh, grading, grading papers and grading tests, spilling beer on them. There was always a teacher who did that. And, and, uh, he's talking with his friend. He's like, you know what's really gonna fuck these kids up? It's when I take them to this next week. I can't wait. I wanna see how they react to it. And then he just goes on grading his papers. And that's
0: it. Uh, by by the way, I, to circle this all back and put a ribbon on it, because they've done the research, and I shared this with Bryce, um, so they are going to start to requ- this so as you can maybe guess who are they yeah okay the common core folks so what ended up happening don't
1: get me started on common oh, Core.
0: oh stop tom i'm not going there you know that but <laughs> what ended up happening okay so it used to be you were required to uh to learn cursive of course just as you were right yeah so you have what's known as the National Educational Standards. Um, and then you can go to the Common Core Standards. So uh, it, uh, that was adopted in 2009. And so that initiative, it, it brought 48 states in, together. Um, and they they kind of tried to devise a, an accepted uh, curriculum standard, okay? So then you go from there. And that in that, they said, we're not going to require public schools uh, to teach cursive. So that's how we got there. That's mm-hmm. that's what happened, is that in around 2009, they were like, that's it. Technology yeah. suggests you'll never need to know this.
1: Right. Yeah, just changed the font.
0: <laughs> They've come back <laughs> yeah. around to say now, oops, we're wrong. And, and in 2023, already states like Michigan and others are now requiring it. Mm-hmm. So it's coming back around because this became more than just a, well, technological advances, suggest you'll never have to use this, but in fact, you will. You will. And you have hundreds and hundreds of years worth of cursive that's just left to, to, to rot if you can't read it, right? Mm-hmm. And so they do want kids to learn it and to read it for a lot of different reasons. And I get to win the argument over Bryce for that reason, and that I laid this article before him and said, my man, get to learn your cursive.
1: Well, that's, so
0: so that, but that means
1: legitimately there are, I'm assuming let's just say it's second grade. Like it was for me. There are going to be young teachers who have to teach themselves how to do it. Because if it's Oh nine, you're in 23 or 24 when this is implemented Mm -hmm. and they were eight years old when it's, I mean, yeah, you've got kids that are straight out of undergrad that are teaching and may not know it
0: very well. I just can't fathom. I mean, it's so weird. The things you take for granted, like, I know it's silly there are things my kids know that i don't know that they would be like what in the world dad yeah what do you mean you can't write code i I, I can't write code i have no idea how to write code but every kid can
1: that's it's a critical step uh yeah Uh, we never learned how to learn uh write code i had to with the original warchant.com because the back end of the website was straight html so i know how to do that but That's like the grandfather of what everybody's using now. This is what my wife does on a daily basis. She's a data engineer. Well, she's supposed to be an analyst, but it ends up being like any other job. You have to do something more than what your title is. Right. She's crafting shit out of thin air. I'm like, she could probably build me a desk through code and then just hit enter
0: and it (laughs) fucking appears in the room. It's so. So Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. How did you sand the arm wall? Oh, with code? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I put it in a 3D printer.
1: What? <laughs> so you mean that thing that served people food on Star
0: Trek could actually be real? Kinda. Sure. It's, we're getting close. Okay. I I I am blown away. This there's it's in, inevitable for you and me and anybody who gets lucky enough to age. You will not keep up with the newest in technology. No. Uh, in those advances, you won't. You won't because you won't have to. You'll get to a place where. Uh, it, it, it doesn't even behoove you to, to know some of these things. Um, but there is a fine line. I do feel like I try to pay attention to what Bryce and Clark are showing me, uh, from a technology standpoint, because I don't want to be the 55 year old man that can't turn on a computer. You know, like I I can, I can do all of the fundamental things we need to do, whether it's, listen, I can copy and paste and do all those simple basic things you have to do on a computer. But like, I feel like you should always know those things, the fundamentals of what's new, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but you don't have to, you don't have to be an expert on it. No. Well, a 90 year old doesn't have to be an expert on various programs. Yeah. They do need to know how to turn on a computer and write an email. Well,
1: the scary thing is they won't need to be experts in the near future because AI, um, you know, yeah. so my wife's using some of it where she's like, I need a code that fixes this issue. And then the thing is and it gets you 65 lines of code. You you put it into the process that you're using and then bam, the, the, the system cool works. It's crazy, but there's all kinds of ethical concerns because like if you work at a private company and you're trying to fix a code issue, you can't put the code from the company in there because now the AI bot knows your company's secret. So you gotta be very careful how you oh, protect yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a lot there's a lot of stuff in code that I can gather looking at it's syntax. It's like anything else. You know, if you can write, you understand what syntax is. Correct. But the basic syntax is is the same for 90% of the stuff, but you gotta change the guts. And if you change the guts to the correct place, it works. So that's my way of justifying to myself. I'm not out of the race yet, but yeah. what I need to <laughs> be what I need to do and, and we all will It's like Lee Westwood with a five-footer to have the hole. Just concede, man. You lost the hole. Don't embarrass yourself. Go ahead and pick it up. You ain't making that putt. We all know you're not making that. If it's three feet now, you're really not making that putt. Just pick up the ball and walk on to the next tee box. You're losing the hole, my man.
0: Think about how funny that is that we were beginning this conversation with 2001 Space Odyssey and technology and advancements and what you have to know and not know and um, AI. And then you're watching – this devious red dot Mm -hmm. the most genius aspect of that is when Hal reads their lips yeah you remember that
1: uh vaguely I mean you're you're bringing a lot of memories back
0: he comes back he wants to shut Hal down and he had a conversation with somebody else Hal has said about the task of murdering people now Yeah, you know he is he's locking them outside in space (laughs) he's doing he's doing all kinds of things yeah okay it's it's disturbing so when he goes whoever figured out that voice should have won the academy award for whatever category because he's unemotional he is as level headed as they come and rational as you could possibly be i can't do that dave Mm -hmm. and when when dave's like. Now, I'm commanding you now mm-hmm. to open the door. You see, Dave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then he right. goes into this, yeah. and you're like, oh, dude, yep. I'm getting angry. I'm getting kind of angry. <laughs> yep. No,
1: so it's because of 2001 A Space Odyssey, and, and you could say that, obviously, it spawned a lot of different films, and it clearly inspired a lot of what Interstellar was about. Yeah. But you recall the scene where his daughter from Earth is delivering a message that Dr. Brand's father's dead and she's right. like crying. And they play this harrowing spooky music because they've already left the hub and they're going down to the planet. Right. And you see one of the uh, it's tars or whatever. The the robot coming to the screen and looking at it. The way the score is playing and seeing the machine walking to that message I'm like, "Oh yeah. my god. He's yeah. going to delete that message." they're all screwed. Like, this is going to be straight-up machines killing them in deep space, roll credits, and then it wasn't. So I'm like, oh, well, damn you, Kubrick, you got me again because it just it, it felt like that was the twist that was coming, and it never did.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful.
1: It, 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 that is hilarious. Instead, I- it was Matt Damon that was the asshole, which is very believable.
0: Well, and awesome because he played yeah. it to the hilt. It's great. Yeah. like And the whole time, you're like, oh, something's wrong with this guy. <laughs> it don't trust him don't go walking out there on that ledge with him this yeah not good. yeah
1: that that weeping was a little different when he when they wake him up which is yeah. also funny considering the history that he and damon had as, as like mortal enemies after they were rooming together in their early days of hollywood like they would work together in this particular project and then
0: fight it out it's perfect it is perfect um i do think it's it's funny because you get a vibe early in that scene right up like you're saying where you're going uh-uh uh-uh, uh-uh. No. And it's funny, in real life, we do that. You yeah. and I are very good at that. Yep. I can, I, can, I, will, I will take credit for that. I, I can read a Joker within seconds. I mean, it doesn't take, well, hence the reason I always knew when it was a prank caller.
1: Or yeah, when a yeah. guy's
0: about to do something that's going to disrupt something, I'm like, oh, blah, 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 blah. this isn't good. That mm-hmm. guy's not right.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> there, there is one reference, and it's going to happen before we die, before this this person dies, that I am sure this person is a deviant and it's gonna come to oh, light. I
0: know. I know where you're going, and
1: I won't say I can't. I mean, this person is is actually very equipped to do something about it. So, if and when it happens, though, there will be a bellying up. It could be 15 years from now. It could be after the dude's dead or woman, excuse me, is dead, and right. then you know documents show that this particular person was guilty of X, Y, and Z. I'm like, I told you, I told you, and we'll do uh, a live bellying up from their gravesite, and I'll say, I knew it, I knew this guy
0: behind us. Oddly, uh, I, I, I'm really looking forward to the day that <laughs> your suspicions are confirmed. Yeah, man. Um, not because of what it means, because what it means is a lot of people would have been hurt. But yeah. but mm-hmm. what it also means is that you first guessed it 10 years in advance. Yeah, and, and I want to give you your ju- just do when it happens.
1: And folks, this is not a political figure because everybody's thinking about, a, you know, somebody who's in politics. It's not. It's not. No. It's, it's, it's so obscure. You'd be like, who? Yeah, and- it
0: might as well be, but. Yeah. But it's not. It, it yeah, it's yeah. It's not. No, yeah. it's not. Uh I was so sad last night that Chubb got hurt. Mm. I think like a little kid, I had developed a new favorite player in the last two years, and it's him.
1: Really? Well, you liked him out of college because there was the argument between well, he and Sonny Michelle. I, I really thought Sonny Michelle because of the NFL, the way it was going with the scatish backs versus power backs would have been the longer career. Uh, but so you loved him out of out of college,
0: though. He's a throwback. He's yeah. the way running back should be. He plays with reckless abandon. You know, I remember. Uh, so William Floyd has said this before. He talked about Bowden used to tell his players, "Play with reckless abandon and no regard for your personal safety." Mm-hmm. Um. It's a weird thing to say, but it's one hundred percent correct. The best way to play football.
1: It's not what this offensive line is doing. But go ahead. That
0: is not. It is not what this offensive line is doing. It's not what. It's not what Trey Vincent's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. That's. It's fascinating to hear. That's an old school view of playing the game, but it's. It's the safest way to play football, and it's because you're giving as much energy as you're getting, if not more. And yeah. whoever does that is going to win. That coupled with leverage. So if you can combine leverage and fearlessness and you are giving everything you have and you're not pussyfooting, half-stepping, you are going to fuck some people up in the game of football Yeah. because not everybody's capable of giving all of that. Yeah, you're going to a place. You got to go to a place. You got to go to a place. John Lynch is in the Hall of Fame because he could give every fiber of his being yeah. to a hit. He's psycho. Now, it would be outlawed now. Yeah. But he gave every part of who he was to that hit, that individual hit, every time. Now, he's lucky he didn't kill himself. He's lucky, I mean, hopefully he doesn't have CTE. He doesn't seem to. He's been a good GM. So, you know, <laughs> whatever it might be.
1: But... <laughs> if they trade to get Garoppolo back, but we need to check on John Lynch here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But... I I find that fascinating. Nick Chubb personified that as a running back. It was, but he was also versatile. He could do everything. He can catch the ball to the backfield. He'll run your ass over. He always ran with ferocity. He's strong. He breaks tackles. He bounces off of everybody because he runs with reckless abandon. So when he got hurt, I was like, no, 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 no. Now that's the game. That's the game. People get hurt. It's random. It can happen. You play running back. It's bound to happen, frankly.
1: Yeah, but, but why Why couldn't that have been Deshaun, you know? Why did it have to be of Nick? Of course, right. it
0: should have been Deshaun. Right. It should always be Deshaun. Right. But damn it, man. Yeah. Yeah, I was really pissed. I love that guy. And I don't have too many favorite players anymore. I really don't. I, I don't. There aren't, there are guys that I like more than others, but there aren't little kid like Play, feelings that i have for players i miss that you know you shouldn't think about things in the world the same way you did when you were 10 when you're 20 or when you're 30 when you were 20 you know like you like you when you look back yeah like it, uh, it constantly evolves and i get that i see the world differently at 52 than i did at 32 and the same things that i was passionate about at 22 didn't exist at 35 in my mind i get all of that but one thing i miss i miss the childlike love of of a sports figure I used to love living vicariously not, not not like thinking I could do that but they were larger than life like seeing like I used to love Well, John McEnroe you know I was a big John McEnroe fan because I was a little kid when I got into tennis and played constantly and McEnroe was so different than everybody else and he was also so gifted athletically it didn't make any sense the touch he had on the serve and volley game and I also loved that he was an asshole So I loved everything about him. It was just great. Like He was so different. I haven't felt about a sports figure the way I felt about John McEnroe at that time in a very long time. There have been a few, been a few. I mean, obviously, uh, you guys all know how much I love Marvin Jones. Yeah. But he might be, he's one of like a handful of guys where I was an adult that I felt this way. How about Pedro? You love Pedro. I love Pedro. I do love Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> Pedro's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. Right? Yeah. Uh, uh yeah. I, I, I agree. Do, I do love Pedro. Yeah. I loved um I uh well obviously Marvin and Derek Brooks, it's weird two linebackers. Loved him yep. both. Oh, um, D B man. Yeah, Derek was Oh well, he played the game the right way too, man. That was talk about reckless abandon mm-hmm. and and not caring for your body. That dude was a missile, yeah, a missile. He overcame being undersized for for that reason.
1: You know who I've uh, I've put down my uh, petty differences with um, because I, I've always liked him, but I've just gone all in to appreciate him at this point. Um, it's Mike Evans. Um, you know he's had, he's had some MJ Walker moments in his career where it's like, come on, sure. man! But he always played. Always. I mean, he is. Oh yeah. When when you're talking about active or inactive, like nothing's nothing gets in his way of playing. Um this year is a perfect opportunity for him to be like so many of his peers at the wide receiver position to pout and not play and the dude is playing basically on a contract year and he's balling
0: Oh he's balling he and, is balling right now
1: and he you know like he has the drop issue sure but he's tough he will block you like and I feel like this is it I feel like we missed the opportunity to resign him I, I think he should have broken records cuz we're not going anywhere but he should be able to break records and climb into the top 20 and top 15 of NFL wide receivers all time in terms of yards. He's on pace to do that easily over the next four or five years. He should do that in our effing uniform, man. And, and- Yeah,
0: but Tom, this is interesting because the Tom that I know that plays the role of GM is a ruthless motherfucker. Yeah, but we're not going – we're so –
1: cat. we have mortgaged our future. The cap's not going up fast enough for us to be of any material in the next three to four years. So you might as well break some records along the way with a guy who's going to go to Canton, you
0: know? I don't know, man. I I understand. I would have – I think you got to trade him and get something for him. Before – I mean, the NFL trades more now than it ever did. It's a miracle to watch. I mean, I love it. It's crazy. They actually trade good players all the time. For nothing would, though, for nothing. How is it like a great
1: player gets you a fourth? I just a fourth yeah. round pick is one in yeah. five, one in
0: six shot of being a yeah. player. I never understood that. If you can get somebody now, you can get somebody bent over a barrel who really needs a receiver. Yeah, and you can get a first form or something. I, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm not going anywhere. I'm pulling the trigger. He's out of here.
1: Right for the same for the same reason. Like I would have, I would have yeah. jettisoned Godwin. Like I would rather jettison him. He's younger. He'll fetch you more. And that's another player I love to watch. And and he's, I mean, what he was to that Super Bowl team in that offense. They asked him to be Heinz Ward. Nobody is Heinz Ward exactly. Who's as large as that dude? But he was yeah. perfect for for the role that they were asking him to play. Uh, but I just again because the the they had all the deferments and the salaries and the delays. Like we're paying Brady salary for the next five years and like five other dudes. You may as well, you may as well just let that guy, because he clearly can win with any fucking quarterback. He did it with Glenn. By the way,
0: by the way, we, I mean, as we sit here today, bellying up, Fucking dude's playing well, man. Baker's playing well. It's stupid. This he played great well, on Sunday, which is why he, they're not going to trade him. We could be four and four and two, you know, five and three. He, I mean, like, legitimately had himself a day. He did. I was sitting yeah. there going, "Are you fucking kidding me? This, <laughs> yeah. this yeah. dude is going to go out here and ball right. in yep. a year where we need to lose games. What is Cohen like? My man's well, going to have the season he needs to have. And the problem is, you <laughs> the problem, which is
1: a funny way of putting it at this point, but You've got good players, like, in a you, lot of different places. Like, in dude, a lot of different places.
0: You may end up fucking around and win this stuff. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. Well, everybody started 2-0, so we'll see about that. But it's like... Well, uh, you know what, Shaq Barrett looks good, and then oh, yeah. he looks
0: really good. We got
1: two or three good guys in the interior. Linebackers is look. is
0: as... As killing people.
1: The linebackers look as fresh as they have in a long time.
0: Devante Davis, one hundred and five years old, out here killing people. Not
1: loving what I see at Jamel Dean, but you know what,
0: that that rookie corner's pretty good. He's playing really well. Winfield looks great. He looks great. Offensive line's getting a little bit of a push. Kevin White looks like he does in the Super Bowl (laughs) year. He's flying around. Could use a slot receiver. Love our starting two receivers. Yeah, yeah. It's weird, man. It is really weird. I'm starting to like Otten. um, Yeah. The tight end. I'm like, what's going on? (laughs) 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 It's the and now listen, I think we come crashing back down to earth. I don't think we're good, but. If Baker plays like well, this, we're going to win too many games. We're going to be sitting there 10 and 7 or something nonsense. And, like, what do we do?
1: Yeah, I exactly. That's what I'm saying is we might not be very good, but I think our defense is good enough that we're in a lot of games, like yeah. most of them, the vast, vast majority of them. That defense is good, man.
0: You're going to laugh. I'm, I want to I end on this note. So no
1: Florida State today? We're not talking about FSU Clemson? Not really. No.
0: Okay. <laughs> we'll do it on the Jeff Cameron show.
1: I'll put that in the notes of the show. Like, if you're looking for FSU stuff, you know, keep shopping.
0: Well, I mean, just whatever. I mean, just if people want to listen to a conversation, they can. If they don't, they don't. Um, I No, okay, well, I'll say this, but I'll, so this will be redundant because I'm going to say it on the show. I mean, I, I've already said it. I think this is an important week. Yeah. For, for FSU. I think it's an important week for Mike. I think it's an important week for Adam Fuller. I think it's an important week. Hell, in a weird way for Patrick Sertan. I think it's an important week for Jordan Travis. I think it's an important week, period. It feels like we're on the verge of something good or bad.
1: Yes, you are correct. Uh, I did not love the tenor of the press conference on Monday. Oh, no. Um, no,
0: he was shook.
1: Yeah, he shook. I, I think... That a lot of those concerns that he had from Boston College will not materialize in this game. That's a test. I agree. For, it's a test for Duke and, and so forth. But I will tell you, because uh, I've got a project coming up on the site today. I'm trying to get it done by lunch. Um, Clemson's offense is better than I thought it was going to be, and and so I think if you hold them to say 27 in this game. You that can is, win. That's a success for Adam Fuller. Maybe even thirty is a success. Uh we could Klubnik will give you the ball. And so if you know, if you take it in those opportunities where he makes an inexplicable throw or airmail something, then you can avalanche them and, and they could be held lower than that total. But they're only figuring out what there are what they are under Riley and um they run more two back than he ever has in the last couple of years. I watched TCU and SMU the last couple of places he's been under Sonny Dykes. They run a lot of two back and a lot of underneath shit. And so what's going to happen? They run, they run gap, they're on counter. Um, linebackers are going to be put in positions of conflict.
0: So this is, this is, yeah. Um, I, I'm and so that's what scares
1: forward. me, but they, they like, they like the perimeter throws though, and we'll blow those up. So, we're going to take that. We're so good at stopping the perimeter bubbles and all that bullshit. Yeah,
0: we'll take that away. But if they're smart, and they are, he's going to look at that film and say what I've been screaming about for two years. Our linebackers don't know what they're doing in coverage. They can't cover. They take terrible angles. They don't get enough depth, period, especially when we run zone. They bite on any misdirection and over-pursue time and again. It's just Fucking annoying is what it is. And it's been going on for a long time. And I'm telling you, it's going to come back to bite us. Now, we may win this game. And I have a suspicion we're going to play very well offensively. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and they really... can defensively. If you're fresh
1: up front, then a lot of this stuff is going to get eaten alive. And, yep. and you'll be okay. Yep. Yep. So, again, like there's just a lot of variance in what what could happen when Clemson oh, huge, has the ball. Huge. Huge.
0: Yeah. Huge yeah. amount of variance in what could happen. We could go blow them out. It's yep. not off the table. Yeah. We could go get blown out. It's not off the table. Correct. I never thought I'd be saying that the week of Clemson after what we saw against LSU. Yeah. Never thought I'd be saying I, that. I,
1: I still think if you're doing the who's more likely to blow out whom, uh, we're more likely to deliver the blowout than get it uh, because I think we can stop some of the, the basic things they do. But I'm willing to wager a lot of money that there will be formations we haven't seen yet. What, what in, I don't think they took Duke seriously. Uh, they got burned for it. They got to the one three times and, and didn't yeah, they score. Should have,
0: they probably should have won the game, right?
1: But I'm just looking at what Garrett Riley had in his offensive repertoire before. I'm not seeing some of those formations, so I'll bet you they break them out this week. I'll bet you they've been well, installing for us for I three have fucking a
0: suspicion weeks. We break out a bunch of stuff too, Tom. Yes, correct. I, listen, I, I'm leaning towards. Now we don't know. And you were talking about this. You and I just had a phone conversation um, that there's a chance it's it's. Soupy?
1: It could be. There's, if you look at the NHC shit, there's like a 30% chance they got something that is on the East Coast. And it might not be, though. So I saw this morning's runs. This is what this wrong with like a Tuesday, you know, forecast. But it looks like it might be North at that point on Saturday. So well, we'll
0: see. I, you know, it's, it's weird. Uh, if it's soupy, I don't like our chances. I think Clemson will be more effective sticking to the run and, and having success with it than we will. Um, and that, that's problematic. Well, we like, need Mo.
1: If you get Mo back, that changes things.
0: Got to get Mo back. Never thought I'd be anxious to see if Akeem Dent can play, but I
1: am. I think that's less of a concern if you play man across the board and press up. But I, I, I am fascinated to see. You could argue that you could play back. I hope we don't. We're not good at it. I, I hope you
0: just you say
1: man-to-man. Here we go. What you got oh, for I'd
0: us? Play, I, yes, play man-to-man single high. Mm-hmm. Uh, all day. That's what I'm doing. I'm, yes. And then you bring
1: pressures off of that, because uh, Klubnik again panics and will give you the ball. Yeah. But but he can really move. I didn't realize how much he could move. I, I knew he was pocket mobile, and I knew that if you are lazy, he could take advantage of you. No, he's a good athlete. He's, yeah, yeah. It's a problem.
0: It's a problem. He's a good athlete. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. Um, I, it's it's an important week though. Back to the the, the emphasis here on us. I just think that Mike's press conference seemed to indicate that he was pissed, that he was frustrated. That he he was caught off guard with what he saw. I think he was caught off guard partly by some of the effort stuff in the second half, but I think he was probably really disturbed that we're still having issues getting the plays in and getting lined up. Yeah. And I think that more than anything else has got to be something that has him uh, Testy, to say the least. I I can only imagine the conversation. Like I think I don't think Mike's afraid to throw it down. Um, no, uh, really quickly in practice.
1: If there's a, a problem with communication from the sideline, that's when he goes from zero to sixty. Like in no other situation, it's like sometimes you'll lose it on the grad assistants for
0: not having right. the signs up where they need to be. Well, but he's sending the message to the coach but at that point. If they're
1: late getting signals in, or they're not communicating fast enough, that's when he does the thing where he puts both hands in front of his mouth and yes. like stomps and like almost does a squat to the ground and hits his head, uh, his forehead on the turf. He's so fucking it. angry.
0: I love it. I want my head coach to be that. I want my head coach to demand of people that are paid millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars to do their goddamn job and do it well i got no problem with it yeah and he knows he he took the blame he said up at the dais that's on me that's on me if we're still not doing this it's on me because ultimately everything does fall at the feet of the head coach but he was sending resounding messages to his assistant coaches yo man i mean it, he's yeah. close he, he's not gonna ever say this but i got the sense that he was very angry with them, with a couple of guys. Yes, I don't
1: think it was just defense, man. Like, I know we're focusing on that. I think the whole operation, you know, I think what he's implying is that Keon might not had not have gotten the signal that he needed to on the Toa Feely fumble. I think there was an implication there of that. So, you know, it's another example of what the fuck are we doing, folks? Yeah, well,
0: it's weird. It's weird, man. Again, I think we can end on this note then. I took a little right turn here and got into FSU a little bit. But here, here's what I think. If you go beat Clemson, nobody talks about BC again. And it's just, okay, blip on the radar. It's what needed to happen. Got things rectified. Let's go. Yeah. And one of the reasons that that would be true is that if you beat Clemson, you're 4-0 and you're going into a bye and you're coming out of it against Virginia Tech, yeah. weeks are going to go by and you're going to be undefeated and you're going to watch the carnage all around you because nobody appears to be all that good this year. So you're gonna be sitting there thinking to yourself, okay, okay, so we're flawed too, but so is everybody else, and we've won the games we're supposed to win. Now, there aren't too many teams on this schedule that can beat you. One thing I will circle back on though, Florida is better, and I said they would be. And I understand that they're not great. They're not great. I didn't think they'd be great, but they're not terrible. Miami is better. They're not terrible. That's that's a team you gotta go beat. I mean, they're gonna they'll come here, but you have to beat them. They have a good offensive and defensive line.
1: No, the the narrative is gonna be Florida State versus Miami if if you get through this, because Miami's schedule for the next few weeks is it's not tough until they get to the end of October. So that's gonna be look at this, look at what we got going on in the state of Florida. But you gotta take care of business this weekend. The thing I'll say is Joe Public will not talk about Boston College again. I'm gonna piss people off in weeks to come, even if we win because when we play even Syracuse and Duke
0: oh well yes
1: I, I, I want to we... see that's the time that you can apply the lessons for Boston College the time to apply those lessons is not this weekend you're gonna be locked in it's Clemson yeah so that, that I, I'm, I'm putting a bookmark in that for games in October and then the, the Roary Wake
0: The Syracuse game in particular because we've got a quarterback who can run around and beat you just by running around right and exactly. are yes. you gonna are you gonna play this right?
1: Yes, uh, Syracuse, Duke, and Wake. Even the, the roadie at Wake. If you're a schmuck and you're lazy, <laughs> that, that mesh is going to make you look like a fool. So be buttoned up and go take it. Now, it could be schematically. I'm You you and me, I, I know we're watching in different places on Saturday, but that first drive, when the defense is on the field, what, where are the safeties? Where are the corners? What are their depths relative mm-hmm. to the receivers? If, well, you, if you see a stack three to the right for Clemson, which they'll do three receivers to the right. And let's say they're wide receivers. Do you see a linebacker in the slot, which indicates zone? Or do you see three defensive backs out there?
0: You know, this is going to be fascinating. You need to see three defensive backs out there and, and our linebackers can't cover anybody. And when they flood a zone, when they flood an area, we get confused as shit and it's just problematic. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm getting angry thinking about it. Win the game boys. Yeah. Well, win the game. Uh, one thing I'm in, I am prepared for is if they don't, the avalanche of dumbassery we'll hear afterwards on social media. My God, it's getting worse by the hour. It's just the most outlandish, over-the-top bullshit takes you will ever going to see.
1: Which is why Hal said, no, I'm not opening that door.
0: <laughs> I'm not opening the hatch. I can't do that, Dave. Until <laughs> have, next time, be have, well, everybody. Have you read my mentions? <laughs>